0: Hey there, welcome to episode 40 of the Author Elevate podcast, where we celebrate books, equip authors, and promote brain-happy creative living. So if you're an author, especially a fiction author, looking for increased sales and sustainable success on your terms, you're in the right place. And if you're a fiction book fan who is here just for all of those fun author and bookish features, you're also in the right place. And I'm your friendly host, Janina Bolito, and I'm super glad you're all here. Now, today we're going to be discussing five reasons readers love your book. And I think this is really, really helpful as we go into this as authors. And sometimes when you hear words like, you know, ideal reader or reader satisfaction or all of those things, and it can seem a little bit remote, it can seem a little bit data driven versus sort of, you know, passion driven or relationship driven. And the thing is, it is both. But I think sometimes if we flip it a little bit and we say, okay, why do I as a reader love books? Why is another reader maybe going to love this book? What are they going to connect over? And it helps you to relate to readers on a human level because you are in fact a human and they are a human and your book was written by a human, Lord willing. (laughs) And so with all of these things, um, it's just really helpful to think about why they're going to love your book. What is going to be really something they're going to take away from it? Again, yes, those are the, there is those reader takeaways that I've talked about previously. And so we're going to dive into that. It's going to be so much fun. And I hope authors, as you're listening to this, that you really just kind of take a step back and let yourself put that reader hat on and think about why you love books and think about how um, this book that you're writing, or the books that you're marketing, what you love about them, and how to connect that with readers. So before we dive into that, Um, if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the bell icon for notifications so that you never miss an episode. We have a whole bunch of fun stuff that only goes live on YouTube. So even if you're a fan of the podcast on podcast platforms, which is great, make sure you hop over to YouTube and, uh, click subscribe so that you get all that cool stuff that we're doing exclusively on YouTube. And if you are listening on Apple, uh, reviews, ratings, shares are great. We always appreciate them. It really helps to get this podcast noticed and help more authors. And a huge shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for believing in what we do and for supporting this whole mission for sustainable success that is going to help you reach those goals and help you to reach readers, but also do it in a way that makes sense for your brain and your life season. So if that sounds awesome to you and you want all these exclusive bonus content videos that we do every single week for our Patreon group, please hop over to our Patreon and subscribe um, because It's all there and it's great. We're talking about over 40 additional bonus content videos and that's just for three additional dollars a month. Plus you're supporting the awesome Author Elevate mission. Now for personal shares. Well, update and optimize fall is happening and it is, it's a lot people. It's developing me in self-discipline in ways that I never thought possible, and um, maybe I wasn't sure I wanted, but it's happening. By the way, when I say discipline, I don't mean the modern definition of punishment or even so much outside people pushing you around all the time, like, you know, army drill sergeant. but more of that older definition, as per the Merriam-Webster, to train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. I know self-control is probably not the most popular word (laughs) nowadays Um, and especially in marketing. A lot of times if you think of marketing, it's all about sort of indulgence. But self-control is super helpful as authors and especially as doing things that are going to work with your life season. So it's sort of the same thing as, you know, you should actually move today or write 500 words a day or regularly check your ad spend. Or if you don't, you might find an ad that kind of went away and ran a high bill. Not that I've done that. <laughs> so also for those of you who kind of hear this word discipline and you're not thinking punishment, you're just thinking, "Ugh, boring, I can't do that. Janine, my brain is so neurodivergent. I just can't do that. First of all, that's legit if your brain is super neurodivergent and you have to find ways that work for you and i totally respect that uh, again background as an educator as well as vocational coaching so i understand this whole thing of having to customize th- things to how you work but sometimes when we say we don't have discipline we say we mean that we don't have it for things we don't like so if you like a tv show and you want to see it as soon as it comes out on streaming then even though you're not great at time management it's amazing how you'll find the time and discipline to be right there for that TV show. So sometimes, even if you might say, well, I only have so many spoons for self-discipline. I only have so much bandwidth, which is legit. I fully believe that in about 90% of cases, again, there's always exceptions where it's just, is that difficult? Um, you can find ways of being there if it really matters. You may have to say no to other things. You may have to find ways of letting go of other things maybe you prioritize more but the space is there and in this case I am doing an awful lot of things that I wouldn't technically label as my favorite so if you're watching this on uh, the YouTube channel I totally have those air quotes around there it's totally not my favorite but they're the right things to do and so in God's grace through Jesus plus a supportive network and yes a few incentives here and there Stuff is happening, and I am so excited to share in the future, especially on my email newsletters. I just dropped one um, today at the time of this recording to my fiction newsletter, and I'm also considering some special newsletter-only writing prep videos that might be coinciding with NaNoWriMo, so make sure you're signed up for that. I just had a, took a poll on my nonfiction author help email newsletter, and there were some requests for world-building tips. There were some requests for... My unfiltered take on different marketing trends. <laughs> so that is definitely the place to be for all the awesome stuff. Now, for my take of the week here. Is this your year for a traditional NaNoWriMo? Now, NaNoWriMo is, of course, National Novel Writing Month. It's been around for easily over a decade. I think it's closing in a second decade, possibly And I'm saying traditional because NaNoWriMo, which used to be just for November, you know, National Novel Writing Month in November, has now expanded to Camp NaNoWriMo and other kinds of NaNoWriMo's and Rimo here and Rimo there. And so I'm talking about the one in November. For those of you who are in America, this might be that one that conflicts with holidays or seasonal traveling or or just your own choices for this life season. So sometimes it can be a little bit uh, challenging to do. But sometimes when everyone else is getting excited, and maybe you've written a lot of books, but you want something to like get you motivated again, or maybe you're just starting with your first book and you want to do it a certain way, you want to make sure you get it done. It can seem very attractive. And of course, it is free and there are tons of free resources out there. So it's the super exciting celebration of writing. But here are three things for you to consider. If this is your year for that traditional NaNoWriMo in November, 50,000 words, one month or 20 short stories, one month or whoever else you choose to do with it. First of all, can you make time for it? Is this a time in your life season when you can do 50,000 words or at least try? Or you can do 20,000 words or at least try? Or you can do 10 short stories in a month or try? Or you can even try one short story in a month, because sometimes it isn't a great month for a lot of extra (laughs) tasks that will require self-discipline, new habits, et cetera. Sometimes you're going to look at November and go, nope, that is not the time for this. I am a summer person. I start things in summer. Or I am a New Year's person. I'm going to do this in January. This is not the time for it. So think about that. Can you make time for whatever goal you have? Is there margin in your life for that? Or is there a way that you can reasonably create that margin? Second thing I want you to consider Do you have a goal for it that aligns with your other goals now this is challenging because you might be one of those people who goes but everyone else is doing it my friends do it every year it's fun i want to do it even if it really doesn't align with your goals now what you could do with this is you could say no to something else that you also do for fun so you could put nanoremo in that kind of fun category you could say okay I have these other goals. I have this other book commitment that's editing or something. And I don't want to do an editing style NaNoWriMo. So I am just going to say no to this TV show or no to this activity and make NaNoWriMo traditional 50K or whatever you're going to do. Make that part of your fun time. You can absolutely do that. And that can be a great way to do trade-offs. But do consider this goal... In the context of your other goals, those goals matter too. You've seen that meme where it's like the girl and the guy and she's looking at him all offended because he's looking at this other girl walking by and, you know, people put over that other girl like semicolons or M dashes or things, you know, to kind of show, you know, people kind of longing for that thing over there that has nothing to do with their goals. Don't make NaNoWriMo that shiny goal thing. I know the temptation is real. I get it. I feel it. You're talking to someone who right now I have like four active works in progress that I would so much rather be doing some days (laughs) than doing all the deep, awesome infrastructure work. That is really the best thing for me right now as an author. So think about that goal and how it aligns with your other goals right now. And try to at least make close to a, a good, solid decision about that. Again, this is your marathon. There are detours. I can't stop you from taking them. They may be what you need right now. It might be that you need to ignore me and just do them instead. But take the time to think about that. And your third question to consider for if you should do age traditional, November, NaNoWriMo, however, whatever that looks like for you. Do you have a support group or a support person or something to keep you going so that you actually have a chance of reaching Nicole? Are you going to join uh, the very extensive message board system they have? Are you going to join a local group for a write-in? Are you going to join an online Facebook group or a Discord channel or something else? Or are you going to create a message or a message thread with your writer friends or something like that? Support groups, support people, those are really great ways to ensure that you actually have a chance of meeting that goal, making that deadline and enjoying it along the way. Community is awesome and I highly recommend it. So in summary, if you are thinking about uh, doing NaNoWriMo this year, 2023 in the month of November, consider, can you make time for it? Do you have a goal for it that aligns with your other goals And do you have a support group or a support person or something like a supportive community around you uh, to encourage you on towards that goal? And right away, I can tell you, even though NaNoWriMo 2009 was one of those things that jump-started me back into fiction writing and into the publishing field, this year I will absolutely (laughs) not be doing anything for it in terms of writing or word count, it makes no sense for my life season. The most I will do is potentially create these exclusive little video series for my email newsletter, uh, just to encourage other authors on that journey. And it will be something that even if you're not doing NaNoWriMo, it's going to be awesome, timeless, practical, market focused, thoughtful, dare I say, slightly amusing, helpful videos on my email newsletter exclusively. So make sure you're signed up for that. Now, let's talk about the main topic, which is five reasons readers love your book. Now, the first thing I want to tackle here is why do you want readers to love your book? Why is that even important? Why do we care? For you, it may not be. This might be a particular book that you're writing just for yourself. So if that's you, right away, you know, I don't know. You can turn off the rest of this podcast if you want, because it's not going to apply to you because you don't care. But if you're in that other percentile, <laughs> then let's talk about why this matters. First of all, when a reader loves your book, it's just cool. Your book connected with readers, and I liked it. Yay! You are allowed to be excited about this. Now, I always caution not to get too tied up in the ups and downs of reader enjoyment because it can be like they love you one day, they hate you another day. You're tagged in a great review one day, you're tagged in a not, not quite as favorable review the next day. So, you know, keep yourself a little bit like separated from that in terms of your core emotions. But it's still really cool when a reader loves your books. And that's great. Secondly, if a reader love your, loves your book or your book's They'll join your reader tribe. You can build that relationship with them. You can take them along this journey with you. I mean, sometimes I've had it where people who are my reader tribe, I actually hired them for different services or like took them as volunteers and they got to have even more cool access to things. And that was fun. So think about that. You know, you can make them part of this whole community. You can invite them into something bigger, something beneficial. And that's awesome. Um, a reader who loves your book will often buy copies for others. And especially if you're thinking around like holiday seasons, gift giving seasons, birthdays, they won't just want your book for themselves. They'll want that book for others. A reader who loves your book will uh, have word of mouth referrals, which are some of the most powerful referrals. So ads are great. Ad copy is great. Good book cover design, great packaging. But Something about, you know, someone saying, I have to get this because my friend said I had to get this and I trust them because I've known them for like 10, 20, 30 years. That is priceless. That is amazing. That is humbling. And that is cool. And then of course, Lord willing, readers who love your books will leave book reviews on various websites. Now this can be one of the more challenging things, partly because sometimes like websites have these certain like Amazon, for instance, you have to pay like you have to spend about like $50 or something a year. And sometimes people get disqualified. It's weird, but readers who love your book will leave those book reviews that will also work as word of mouth referrals to others. And that is awesome too. So (laughs) it's cool when readers love your books. So let's kind of unpack why readers love your books. What are these reasons? And then you can think about, well, how does my book do this? How does my book have the potential of being something readers love. First of all, your book hit their expectations. So something in the genre, something in the length, something in um, the overall essence of your book, it hit their expectations. They were looking for something cozy and it delivered. They were looking for something thrilling or frightening and it delivered. They were looking for something that was going to tear their heart out and stomp on it and it delivered. They were looking for something uh, that was going to wow them with your technological world building and your intricate politics on a galactic level and your book delivered. So that can be a main reason that readers will love your book and trust you with their money for more books. Two, your book delivered on what it promised in the marketing, copy, and packaging. This is so crucial and why book cover design and book blurbs and the rest keywords are so vital for reaching those right readers because your book cover and your book blurb sets up an expectation in readers. It's communicating a message even before they pick up your book. And then your book has to deliver on that promise. So that wonderful magical connection between the content of your book, the packaging of your book, that book cover, the book blurb, and how the reader interacts with that Um, creates this really interesting relationship of communication that has nothing to do with you being there talking about it. And if your book delivers on what it promises and it hits those expectations created by that packaging, readers are going to love it. This is great. Or even if they don't love it, they'll say, well, you know what? It, It was a, maybe I was trying out a new genre and I knew it would be different. So I don't love it, but I don't blame the book. I Now, some readers may not be as self-aware of that and still blame the book, but (laughs) the point is if your book delivers on what it promises with that packaging and book blurb, um, it has a much greater chance of attracting readers who are going to love it. Now, three, your book's theme and message resonated with the reader on a personal level. And this is so cool. That theme and message is something that keeps readers coming back for more. And again, I'm going to point to the Fast and Furious series to this as something that shows that this isn't just something for those literary fiction books. This isn't something just for those like high and fluffy books or whatever. Every single book has a theme and message the same way that for Fast and Furious, the theme and message is often family. And that's kept them going through 10 movies in a series that also features tons of uh, crazy car crashes and fights and everything. If that works for them, it's going to work for anything. It's not just something that happens with literary fiction. It happens with all fiction. So if your book's theme and message connect with that genre and resonate with the readers on a personal level, that's going to be something they're going to want to buy in paperback, hardback, special edition, because that book has now become part of their personal story. And that is so Awesome! It's such a great gift to readers. I love having books on my shelf that I just look at them, and even if I don't reread the book, I look at them, and it takes me back to that place. And I'm like, yes, this belongs there. This is something that I want to be part of my story, part of my life, because it resonates so much with me. Four. Another reason readers love your book is that it helped them get through a hard season, either by helping them with catharsis, helping them face difficulties, or helping them laugh through them or giving them a cozy respite from it. So again, we're talking about how the reader is taking in that book in their life season, how they're engaging with that book with where they are. And that can be One of the reasons why uh, readers will often reread books, they might have a reliable bunch of books that when they're not feeling great, this book will be great for catharsis. It'll be great for a respite from their feelings. It will make them smile. It will make them laugh. So when they have that place in their life for this book as a go-to for those kind of difficulties or or hard seasons, they're going to love that book. They're probably going to wear it their copy. (laughs) They may want another copy and they're going to be a lifelong fan. And five, your book left them with the desired feels, the feelings they were hoping for. It left them feeling cozy. It left them feeling angry at you, but in a positive way. Um, Horror authors and those of you who write like intense emotional drama and all that, you know what I'm talking about? Where like it left them with this feeling that's like thoughtful, intense, kind of want to punch the author, but in a good way sort of thing. (laughs) Um, And it left them with those feelings. It left them... with those expectations. This does tie back into reader expectations, but that ending is so crucial. And that's one of the reasons why when I'm working with clients one-on-one, I'll say, stick the ending. That ending has to be awesome. A good book with with an amazing ending that delivers. That is what you need more than anything else. A book with a really hooky or really intriguing intro that's going to connect with the reader that you want to read this book. Solid writing that keeps going through the whole story and that amazing ending. That's going to be a great takeaway. It's going to hit them in the feels and that's where they're going to want to go. And I say this also to myself because (laughs) I don't know if any of you can relate, but even after all these books written, I know that when I get to that ending every single time, I just want to rush through it. like every single editing pass, I'm like, oh, I just got through this whole book again. And I sort of want to rush through. And I have to set aside time to say, no, I am going to go over this ending. I'm going to dedicate hours just working on the ending. I'm not going to like blow it off because that's so important for those final takeaways for readers. And that's one of the reasons they may love your book. So in summary, those five reasons readers are going to love your book are your book hit their expectations, genre, length, etc. Number two, your book delivered on what was promised in the marketing copy and packaging. Three, your book's theme or message resonated with the reader on a personal level. Four, your book helped this reader get through a hard season in some way. And five, your book left them with their desired feelings. Now, And the bonus content of this episode, I'm going to expand on the list above with some practical tips on how you can ensure that your book is connecting with your desired audience in these ways. So make sure you're an author, Elevate Monthly Patreon, so you get this awesome bonus. It's as little as $3 a month. I do these bonus content for every single episode as a gratitude for you believing in what I'm doing, believing in what we're doing here and supporting us. Now go forth and be awesome.